thank you all for so much for leading us to the presence of the Lord. Um, I really don't know how to go about this tonight other than just go about it. Amen. Um, glad to see Sister Jackie and Brian out there. Amen. Good to see y'all. We love y'all so much. Um, Jeremiah chapter 32. Jeremiah chapter 32. Um, I'll read some here and some in Jeremiah 33. I say this tonight, I, I'm, I'm just going to be honest here first before we begin to read, and um, I'm just going to kind of lay myself before you. Uh, we live in unprecedented times, many crazy things going on in life, and um, I would say on a personal level, I, I don't know that we've ever uh, faced things personally and as a church. I know we haven't. I know many of us, you know, are going through things. And um, we're not here to give credit to the devil, but to thank God for all that he's brought us through and his faithfulness to keep us. Amen. As I was mowing grass today, I was just thinking I'm thankful for not only saving grace, but keeping grace. Amen. Grace that keeps us. Um, a man that has struggled with addiction called me yesterday and um, I guess he walked out of some places where he was at and he was here on the front porch of the church at 5.30 yesterday morning and said he had to get away from where he was at and long story short, he asked me how long that I had been clean and I, I'll be honest with you, when I mean when somebody asks me have I been clean, I never really think about Am I clean or sober? I just think about I'm saved. Amen. And I believe when a person gets born again, you're not, you're not worried about how many years that you have clean or sober. I tell people that I've been 18 years saved. Amen. And so, you know, and I'm not belittling anybody. I thank God for sobriety and that you can be clean from drugs and alcohol, but you know, 18 years I've been saved from being a meth addict and a drunk and a porn addict and all kind of things. You know those things. So, you know, but I I just, and, and I'm very cautious because it's like I'm not striving for, I'm not striving for sobriety. I'm striving for Jesus. And I'm putting those things which are behind me. I've not yet attained. And I, I press on to that that lies ahead. And so that is all, that is what should be in the forefront of all of our mind is, you know, we're striving and we're pressing to that, that onward call. We're pressing on, but it's only by the grace of God, you know, that, that we can be clean, sober, saved, any of these things. It is because Jesus purchased, purchased us. And I'm just thankful for that. Um, I'm thankful for what Brother Russell just said. I mean, um, Thank God for the valleys. Thank God because through it all, had we not known um, through these times just the faithfulness of God, He's faithful. When we're not faithful, can I tell you, God is still faithful. He remains faithful. That's what the Word says. Even when we're not, He remains faithful. 
And I'm just thankful that even when I'm not, that my God is still faithful. And I would just say that tonight, you know, um, I, I feel a lot of times I really don't even know theologically the meaning of what I'm about to say or what I'm about to read. So um, I just ask that you would bear with me. Uh, I, I, I feel like I have failed to really study this out more. But all day today, I just cannot get away from buying property in the enemy's territory. And this has just been turning over, turning over, turning over in my mind. And I'm like, I didn't really want to come because I almost feel unprepared. But I know that the Holy Ghost is prepared. And so I just wrote down a few things and I just, I may not keep you long. I may not say a whole lot, but I may say more if the Holy Ghost desires to, okay? I'm just asking that y'all bear with me I, again. I desire to continue to dig into this more, but I've been intrigued by this, and I do know this, that the Spirit of God has not let me go from this. So if I say something that is out of line, I'm open to correction because I have not studied what I'm about to say out all the way, okay? But I do know here's what the Spirit of God said. We sing a song a lot of times. I'm going to the enemy's camp to take back what he stole from me. Well, here's what I heard God say today. Instead of going to the enemy's camp to take back, we're going to go by the enemy's camp and we're going to set up the kingdom of God there. So I'm not just going to the enemy's camp to take back and retreat back to where I was at, but we are actually going to buy the enemy's camp because that's what the blood does. Sunday morning, I felt an unction to pastor. I just feel this unction of prophetic in me right now. I feel a prophetic unction within my spirit. And the last time that I felt this was the night that I preached on the widows with the empty vessels, and there was debt canceled that night in that service, and David and Leah, your household. I felt that what I feel tonight in my spirit. I don't deserve to have this come to me. I, I truly don't. Um, I, I faced, and at my own demise, right before just coming here, I shouldn't even like be the one to preach a lot of times being here. The enemy wants to shut me down. I've never faced personal things in my life like I have in the last couple of months. Probably all of you could say those things. But I just come to declare and I come to prophesy. And I believe that what I'm going to say is over my own life too. And I, I just pray that we would receive this with an open heart. Amen. And so I'm, I'm just going to read a few things to you starting in Jeremiah chapter 32. The word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the 10th year of Zedekiah king of Judah which was the 18th year of Nebuchadnezzar. For then the king of Babylon's army besieged Jerusalem, and Jeremiah the prophet was shut up in the court of the prison, which was in the king of Judah's house. For Zedekiah the king of Judah had shut him up, saying, Wherefore do thou prophesy and say, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will give this city into the hand 
of the king of Babylon, and he shall take it. And Zedekiah, king of Judah, shall not escape out of the hand of the Chaldeans, but shall surely be delivered. into the hand of king of Babylon and shall speak with him mouth to mouth and his eyes shall behold his eyes and he shall lead Zedekiah to Babylon and there shall be until I visit him, saith the Lord. Though you fight with the Chaldeans, you shall not prosper. And Jeremiah said, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, behold Hanamel, the son of Shalom, Thine uncle shall come unto thee, saying, Buy thee my field that is in Anathoth, for the right of the redemption is thine to buy it. So Hanamel, my mine uncle's sons, came to me in the court of the prison according to the word of the Lord, and said unto me, Buy my field, I pray thee, that is in Anathoth, which is in the country of Benjamin, for the right of inheritance is thine. And then redemption is thine. Buy it for thyself. Then I knew that this was the word of the Lord. And I bought the field of Hanamel, my uncle's son, that was in Anatoth, and weighed him the money, even 17 shekels of silver. And I subscribed the evidence and sealed it and took witnesses and weighed him the money in the balances. So I took the evidence of the purchase, both that which was sealed according to the law and custom and that which was open. And I gave the evidence of the purchase unto Baruch and the Neri and the son of Masia. And in the sight of Hanamel, mine uncle's son, and in the presence of the witness that subscribed the book of the purchase before all the Jews that sat in the court of the prison. And I charged Baruch before them, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Take these evidences, this evidence of the purchase, both which is sealed and this evidence which is open, and put them in an earthen vessel that they may continue many days. Verse 15, and I really want to focus on this. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall be possessed again in this land. Lord, I pray that you would help me. God, you know my weakness. God, you know where I have fallen short. God, you know our desire. And Lord, you know my heart is to know the desire of yours. And Lord, I believe these people are here by faith and their desire is to know by faith your word for now. So God, I pray that you would help us. I pray that you would anoint us. And I pray, God, that you would just pour through us right now in Jesus' name. Lord, have your way in all of our lives and our hearts. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. I don't really have a title for this, but this was my thought. Making a godly investment in times of opposition. Making a godly investment in times of opposition. I believe that many of us could say that we're probably facing opposition to the moving of the Spirit of God and the direction that God is leading us, maybe in ways that we have never faced or fought before. Can anybody say amen to that? 
But at the same time that you are moving forward, you know that the hand of God is within you and upon you and around you and before you and behind you and all around you. Thank God that his hand is with us. Amen. But at the same time that God is moving us forward, he's taking us deeper and he's expanding our territory, there is winds of opposition that is blowing probably in greater capacities than they ever have before. Amen. But here is a word of promise to our lives tonight. And I believe just as Jeremiah heard from heaven to purchase a field in times that he was thought to be crazy to buy this piece of property because of what was going on. There was a war that was going on in this piece of property that Jeremiah bought. Amen. It did not make sense to a natural eye or to a natural man for Jeremiah to purchase this property during this season in his life. Amen. It made no sense whatsoever. I mean, the first thing that we have to look at is Jeremiah was sitting in jail when he bought this piece of land. It just doesn't seem like it would be a good time for somebody to buy property when you're sitting in jail. But what did God say? The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the 10th year, God was speaking to Jeremiah. Amen. The first thing that I want to say to us tonight is that God is asking you and I to make moves and investments in times that it does not make sense to make an investment in the kingdom of God. If you look to the, if you look to the news and if you look to worldly investors, they're going to say now is not the time. But if you look to the kingdom of God, God is going to say now's the time to do, give more. Now's the time to sow more. Now's the time to reach more. Now's the time to pray more. Now's the time to give more. Now's the time to go to church more. You see, the worldly economy has tried to take away everything that the word of the Lord has been telling us to do for all the time. God is saying to us and he's speaking to us. And so I want to say to you tonight, was here is Jeremiah in a prison cell. The position that you are in or have found yourself in right now does not keep God from still speaking to you what to do. The position that you have found yourself in does not keep the hand of God or the mouth of God from still speaking his promises over your life. Now some of us need to really hear this in this season that we're walking through. I can tell you for myself, I'm not needing a pat on the back. I'm not in a pity party, and I'm not saying anything. But I can tell you personally, I don't know. I mean, maybe one other time, but I'm telling you, I've never received a text in the middle of the night saying that you better watch your back, that I'm going to burn your house down, I'm going to burn the church down, and I'm going to bring hell to your doorsteps. I don't know of a time that I've ever received a message like that at 1045 at night. Now I'm not asking you to come say oh I'm sorry who did that. I'm not asking for none of that. I'm just telling you personally I don't know that I have faced time such as I have in the last little bit. I don't know that as a pastor that I've had opportunity to sit down with families and people and just hear things that the enemy is unleashing in people's life. That addiction is, is, is running rampant and, and instead of slowing down things are picking 
being up. Can I tell you that people are facing so many things, but I come to prophesy over our lives tonight. You may have lost jobs. Your family may look like they're going backwards. Our children may look like they're moving away instead of moving closer to God. Jeremiah was in a prison cell, but the word of the Lord still came to him and was speaking the same word to him in prison that he did when he was not in prison for the 20 years before he ever came to this place. The word of God was still speaking to Jeremiah and giving him direction in a prison cell. I don't care what we're facing. The position that you have found yourself in does not keep God's mouth from speaking prophetically over your life. I'm going to say that again. The position that you and I are in does not keep God away from speaking prophetically over our life. Brother Russell said this the other day. He said, here was, here was Gideon. Gideon's out minding his own business, but the word of the Lord came to him and spoke over him, mighty man of valor. That was a prophetic word God was saying. Gideon's minding his own business, but God knows. And the things that God is saying over our lives in this season, God is not a God that he should lie. So whatever position you are in right now, I don't know everybody's position, but God does. But just because you find yourself in a position where the attacks and the onslaught of hell is greater than ever before does not take away the promises and the prophecies of God. God is still speaking to us. I can tell you in the middle of facing things we've never faced, hearing things we've never heard, I can tell you that I'm seeing Jesus greater than I've ever seen Jesus before. I'm telling you I can hear his voice greater now than I've ever been able to hear his voice. And let me tell you the promises that God has spoken before this stuff came on. I'm telling you God is still speaking these things now and even greater. I'm telling you the devil is losing and I can tell you through everything that we're facing and walking through, the enemy is only exposing his own self. Hallelujah. The enemy's only exposing his own self. He's opening our eyes to the ways of darkness, to the depths of darkness. If he only knew that he's stupid and he don't even know what he's doing, he's just making us greater. He's making us stronger. Jeremiah is in prison. The word of the Lord came to him and said, they're going to come to you and offer you to buy this land. Well, thank the Lord. Because now that the man came, Jeremiah said, I know it's the will of God. I know it's the will of God now. So listen, whatever position you find yourself in, Jeremiah was in jail, but the word of the Lord came to him. Listen to me. Don't be so focused and consumed with the position that you're in that you harden your heart and you dull your ear to the voice of God. Had Jeremiah become bitter in this prison cell, we're fixing to get somewhere too because he could have. Why did they put him in prison? You want to know why? Because he prophesied. Can I tell you he prophesied? He said, who's going to be the king? And so what did they do? They didn't like that. So what did they do to him? They put him in prison. Can I tell you that 
You are fighting the things that you're fighting right now not because you're out of the will of God, but because you're in it. You're facing the things that you're facing and you're feeling the pressure that you're feeling and you're being cast into places and you're in the position that you're in not because you're out of the will of God, but because you're in the perfect will of God. And what is the tactic of the enemy? He's trying to put pressures on you. He's trying to put lies in you. He is trying to deter you, to move you out of the will of God. But God told me to come and tell somebody in this place here tonight that you gotta fight the good fight of faith, that we gotta put on the full armor of God, that it's not time to give up now. It's not time to back down now. It's not time to pack up now. It's not time to look back now. But now is high time, church. It's time we lift up our eyes for our redemption draws nigh. God said those that endure unto the end in the same shall be saved. Now is our time. It's not time to quit. It's not time to run. It's not time to hide. The reason you're facing the hell you're facing is because you you're a threat to the gates of hell. Hallelujah. All Jeremiah did was prophesy. And guess what? He prophesied the same thing he'd been saying for 20 years. But now they said, we're going to put you in prison. So they put him in prison. Did prison stop the prophet from prophesying? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I said, prison didn't stop the prophet from prophesying. And what you're walking through, what I'm walking through, shouldn't shut down the Holy Ghost from still doing what he's called you and I to do. The enemy would love to get us sidetracked. The enemy would love to put us down. The enemy would love to bury us. But I'm telling y'all, prison did not shut up the mouth of the prophet. The prophet was in prison, but yet he still prophesied. My God, get a hold of this tonight, church. Get a hold of this. Enemy would have loved for me and not to God in this pulpit tonight and tell you what the Lord was saying. We need grace. We need grace. Every one of us. But I tell you what, the grace that God does, it melts our heart. It don't put others down. People will always try to put you down. I can tell you the devil, he uses people all the time to try to bury us. People will be used by the enemy all the time to keep our mouths closed, to keep our mouths shut. If Jeremiah the prophet would have allowed prison to keep his mouth shut, it would have stopped the work of the Lord. The prophet was shut up in the court of the prison, which was in the king of Judah's house. For Zedekiah the king of Judah had shut him up, saying, Wherefore do thou prophesy? Why is he in prison? Because he prophesied. First Peter chapter 3, verse 17. If I can find it here. It says this, For it is better if the will of God be so, that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. 
I can tell you I've suffered a lot of things in my life because of the life that I lived for 25 years. Being a meth addict, being an alcoholic, being an addict to anything that you could think of. There's many things that I still suffer in my mind, Brother James. Many things that we suffer from. But I can tell you, you can count it a whole lot greater cost to suffer for the things of Christ. Many of us that have gave in to sinful lifestyles, you suffer things in your life. I went to jail because of the lifestyle that I lived three times. Had to pay court costs, DUI, so many things. Well, that was suffering, but that was because of my own doing. But now you face things, you face threats, not because you're in the ways of the world, but it's because you're in the will of God. Now you're a threat to the kingdom of darkness, and so it stirs hell up. Many of us are on the front lines of the kingdom of God, and it makes the enemy mad. And he's doing everything that he can do. You're a target to the gates of hell. And them demons know who you are, and you're a threat to their life. And every time they see you, I believe they run in fear. They said, oh, there's Miss Teresa again. Oh, she's down there praying for Sister Wanda. I got to try to take her out. So the enemy does everything that he can do to try to take us out. But in the end, he does not win. And now he does not win. The only way that the enemy will win is when we're put in positions and the enemy can shut our mouth. That's the times we got to rise up and we got to be bold and we got to preach and we got to pray and we got to prophesy and we got to teach and we got to praise. No matter what hell says, Jeremiah was shut up in prison for only walking in the gift that God gave him and that was to be a prophet to the nations from a child. Why would the enemy not want to try to shut him down? Many of you have been called to be a prophet to the nations since you are a child, you're going to be put in places and positions where hell is going to try to shut you up. But he does not win in the end. Hallelujah. We must continue walk in the gift that God has put in you. You must continually walk in the anointing that God has put in you. Your position, he was in prison. Did not keep the word of the Lord from coming to him. Why was he put in prison? Because he prophesied. And guess what? What he prophesied happened. Everything that he said happened. He wasn't a false prophet. The enemy's not afraid of a false prophet. But he's real of a real one. He's afraid of a real one. <laughs> said he's afraid of a real one. And so hell was afraid of this prophet. But the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, he said, you're going to buy this property. Now let me tell you something. If we can look at the times we're in right now. To buy this property, number one, he's in prison. And the economy, Things were a mess. I'm going to read to you what one commentary said. Thus, from an economic standpoint, it is difficult to understand what is going on when the prophet Jeremiah buys the field in Anatoth. The first thing, Jeremiah is in jail, a city under siege. 
in a country fairly full of enemy troops. This piece of property that he's buying is possessed with the enemy. Who, who wants to buy a piece of land that's possessed with the enemy? Who wants to buy a piece of land that's possessed with the enemy? Your people's in siege and you're in jail. Sounds like a bad business deal, don't it? Think about the faith of this man. It says, in a country fairly full of enemy troops, this is the context in which he decides it is time to buy real estate, to buy family land, which has already become enemy-occupied territory. Jeremiah is apparently even less of an economist than I am, this commentator said. Even I can see that this is a bad investment. Can I tell you, we don't go by the world's economy and what people of the world would say. But we have to follow what the word of the Lord has said. If you stay stuck in your position right now and not have faith to reach out and grab, grab a hold of the word of the Lord that God is saying, God told Jeremiah, buy this piece of land. Would God ask you to do something so that you would fail? I don't believe that he would. God comes to us in times that we are in our lowest positions and his word comes to us. And I believe that some of you are in some low positions right now. But I'm telling you that the word of the Lord is being spoken. And even in your state of being in a low position, as Jeremiah was in prison, the word of the Lord came to him and said, you're going to buy a piece of land. And at times, you cannot go by, many times you cannot go by what others say, but you have to trust the word of the Lord. Listen to me. I said the other day that as Peter stepped out of that boat, Peter made a decision that was contrary to what the other 11 said. Jeremiah is buying and about to purchase a field that nobody would want because it's full of the enemy. He's in prison. Surely everybody is laughing at him and making fun of him. Surely all the other 11 that was in the boat with Peter, as Peter steps out of the boat to go to Jesus, surely they're probably giggling underneath him and saying, Peter, what are you doing getting out of this boat? We are living in times and in seasons where people are full of fear and afraid and they're pulling back instead of giving more. Many people that were probably in this prison with Jeremiah saying, what kind of fool are you to buy property while you're in prison? Can I tell you that when we get the word of the Lord, that's enough for us? And can I tell you, when we get the word of the Lord, it don't always make sense to people that are around us. When Jesus spoke to Peter, get out of the boat, did it make sense to the other 11? No, they had became very familiar with the inside of the boat. They knew that, that, that the Sea of Galilee is very dangerous and that you can die there. They knew that. But Jesus told Peter, get out of the boat. Let me tell you something, church. I'd much rather pastor that one man that gets out of the boat than I have the other 11 that stays in. Because I promise you, Jesus can do something with that one. I said he can do something with that one. 
Them other 11 want to stay where it's comfortable. Where do you desire to stay? Many of us have become content with where we are in the Lord. But Jesus is saying, I'm sending my word to you in this season. Jeremiah was shut up in prison, but the word of the Lord was coming to him. Let me tell you, some of us have been shut in. We've been shut away, but it has not kept the word of the Lord from coming to us and saying, now is the time to buy. Now is the time to buy. Now is the time to serve. Now is the time to give. Don't look to your circumstances. Don't look to the position that you're in and the things that the enemy speak it and say. Listen for the still small voice in this season. What is God saying? What is God saying? So your position, don't keep God from speaking. Don't let your position keep you from prophesying. Verse 5, I'm sorry, verse 6 says, And Jeremiah said, The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Behold, Hanamel, the son of Shalem, thine uncle, shall come unto thee, saying, Buy thee my field that is in Anatoth, for this right of the redemption is thine to buy. What is God saying? It's okay to step out in faith, Jeremiah, buy the field. Let me tell all of you tonight, When God speaks, God speaks directly. God's not a God that he should lie. God was preparing Jeremiah. The word of the Lord came to him, and now this man came. Jeremiah knew it was the will of the Lord to purchase this piece of land. Can I tell you, whenever God tells you to do something, the first thing, don't let your position sidetrack you. Don't let the placement of where you are keep you from prophesying or walking in your gift because that's exactly how the enemy begins to win if he can get you there. But can I tell you, when God speaks in unprecedented unprecedented times like he is, like they are right now, and like Jeremiah was in, can I tell you the third thing I want to tell you whenever God speaks that the provision of the Lord will always be there? Jeremiah's in prison. Where's his money going to come from? Let me tell you what the word of the Lord says. Verse 9, and I bought the field. (laughs) He didn't waste any time. He said, I bought the field. He didn't have to waver. Guess what? He didn't have to go ask any other prisoners. Sometimes you don't need to run go ask everybody. You're going to get 10 opinions, and you're going to be more confused than anything. The word of the Lord is enough. Just hear from God. You've got to hear from 10 different people. Now, listen, I know there's times. There's wisdom and counsel. I understand that. You need accountability. But when the word of the Lord comes and you have to go ask 10 or 15 people from all walks of life, well, half of them's lost, half of them saved. You're going to get those kind of opinions back. What does it do to the word of the Lord? I thank God that Jeremiah just bought the field. Amen. And my God, he just bought the field. Isn't that what we should do? I should do exactly what God said, just buy the field. I know it don't make sense to you. I know hell's there. 
I know the devil's there. I know there's worldliness there. But God said by the field. I know, Jeremiah, you're in prison, but God said by the field. I know it don't make sense to anybody, but God said by the field. Why would God say by the field? Because you just wait till you step out in faith and you watch what's fixing to happen. Because heaven and earth is about to come down. When I come down on that place, that field I told you to buy, you better know heaven's about to possess that place. Amen. I hope I'm making sense to somebody. He said, I bought the field. He said, I weighed him the money, even 17 shekels of silver. And I subscribed the evidence and sealed it and took witnesses and weighed him the money in the balances. Jeremiah didn't wait around. He just bought the field. How many of you is waiting to, before you just obey God? Some of you's tried to make this thing that God's told you to do make sense. Some of you's been so consumed with the position that the enemy has you in, that God has you in. You've looked to your surroundings and said, I just don't know if it's a good time. But God came to you and said, buy the field. You can't look to your surroundings. Are you with me? You can't look to the position that you may have found yourself in. I can tell you, you're going to suffer for doing the will of God. People are going to hate you for doing the will of God. You're going to face hard times doing the will of God. He's going to ask you to purchase the field when it don't make sense, but that's the will of God. So listen to me. Somebody needs to hear this. Don't delay in buying the field any longer. Somebody's been concerned, what should I do? What should I do with this next move? God said, tonight's your night. Make the move. Buy the field. Buy the field. God's provision will always be there to sustain his calling. God's provision will always be there to sustain his promises. God is a God. His promises are yes and amen. So many times we worry and we waver. And we say, God, is this really you? And we wait so long, but Jeremiah gives us hope. He bought the field. The provision of the Lord was there to sustain not only Jeremiah, but also the purchase of the field. And let me tell you, when you step in faith, when God tells you to buy the field, God didn't ask you if you were in prison or not. He tells you one thing, purchase the field. He said, because I've got a promise and I've got a covenant that I'm about to make with you. Amen? Now listen to me. God didn't talk to Jeremiah about none of that yet. He didn't talk about the promise. He, we're getting there. But Jeremiah's been with God. God told Jeremiah, buy the field. Then once he did that, listen, verse 14. Now the Lord says, Now thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Take these evidence, the evidence of the purchase, both which is sealed and the evidence which is open, and put them in an earthen vessel that they may continue many days. Verse 15, the word of the Lord. Check this out. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall be possessed again in this land. All Jeremiah knows is I'm buying a land that's demon-possessed. That's a land with a famine. Full of enemy territory. There's nothing good about this place I'm about to buy. But I heard God say, buy it. 
Can I tell you, we're not only going to the enemy's camp to take back what he stole from us, but I'm ready to buy property right now right in the devil's territory. How many of y'all is ready to buy the devil's territory? Amen. I'm not just ready to go to his camp and take back what he stole from me, but I'm just ready to go buy the devil's territory. I'm ready to go buy the camp. I'm ready to hear from the word of the Lord and just go buy up the property right where hell is set up. Amen. That's what I'm ready to do. You know, the bars are shut down. I'm ready to see the bars be bought back and God say, church, go buy that bar. Amen. And when they go back to the bar, now it's a church. It's not a juke joint any longer. Amen. I'm ready to see the crack houses be bought up by the church, by the kingdom of God. And they go to buy their crack. They go to buy their meth there. Oh, when they get there, what's going on there? Whoops. Somebody's preaching the gospel there. Amen. They done set up shop. They got a 10-bed rehab facility where they're regenerating. People's getting born again. They're getting right with God. Amen. I said, I'm ready for the kingdom of God. I'm not ready just to see them shut down. Amen. There's one right up here in Carryville. I wonder if we need to go make an offer on that, Brother Michael. Amen. Just say, you know what? Can we just buy that? Can we just rent that? Instead of just sitting back long enough and letting the enemy take it right on front of Highway 90. Oh, let us just go by the thirsty turtle. Amen. I don't know whose it is. I don't know who it belongs to, but I'm telling you, I could see GFCC set up shop right there where the thirsty turtle used to be preaching the gospel running mobile missions out of there I said I'm about sick and tired of people running away from places where the enemy set up I'm tired of people saying one day I'm going to go to the enemy's camp take back what he stole from me but when they get fired up to go there and they go to the enemy's camp they get swarmed by the things of the devil instead of taking it back they get called up I'm ready just to take back everything every possession every piece of property, every place that the devil has and been entangling up the people of God. Are you with me tonight? I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm ready to buy the devil's property and everything that he thought that he had. Hallelujah. Somebody check on that thirsty turtle for us. Amen. I ain't even lying. That had to be the Holy Ghost. We better, we better buy it. Uh, we better buy the field, amen. We better buy the field. Whew. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Buy that field. Amen. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall be possessed again in this land. Amen. Wouldn't it be good if some of those places just couldn't make a comeback and churches begin to be set up in there? Amen. God had a promise, but Jeremiah had to be obedient before he could hear this from the Lord. Can I tell you, many times you don't know the promises of God until you step in faith and obey God. You think Peter just knew he was going to walk on water? He just asked Jesus, bid me to come. Jesus said, come. So Peter gets out. He don't know if he's got to swim to him, but I can tell you he walked on water to him. Amen. Peter just wanted to get to Jesus. So listen to me. You can't allow your position where you're at right now tonight. You can't allow where you're at right now to determine the rest of your life. If I'd have settled for where I was at 18 years ago in that jail cell and just said this is all my life will be, guess what? I wouldn't be here right now. Amen? If you'd have settled for where you were at whenever you got born again, guess what? You wouldn't be here right now. 
Don't settle for where you are right now. The position that you find yourself in does not keep the word of the Lord from coming to you and speaking to you. Don't let the position that you find yourself in keeping you keep you from prophesying. Don't let it keep you from the gift. And know that when you step, when the word of the Lord comes, know his provision will always be there. Brother Rafe, will you come? Jeremiah was obedient in verse 9. He said, I bought the field. Let me tell you, the promises of God is what we read in verse 15. Many times we don't receive the promises of God because we're not obedient to God. Unless we obey God, we can't attain and receive the promises of God. Many promises come through obedience. Amen? Many promises come through obedience. What was the promise of God? Verse 15. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall be possessed again in this land. The houses have been torn down. The houses would filled with corpses. It was a mess. It was a mess. But God's saying, Jeremiah, buy that mess. Buy that field. Buy that crazy place. Buy that mess. Because I'm going to set up my kingdom there. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 36. Here's the hope of restoration. More of the promises of God. Somebody needs to get a hold of this. Now, therefore, thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning this city, the city that he bought, whereof you say it shall be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylon by the sword and by the famine and by the pestilence. Kind of sounds like times we're in right now, don't it? Behold, I will gather them out of all the countries whither I have driven them in mine anger and in my fury and in great wrath. And I will bring them again unto this place, and I will cause them to dwell safely. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. And I will give them one heart and one way, that they may fear me forever for the good of them and of their children after them. Listen to this. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from them. To do them good, but I will put my fear in their hearts, that they shall not depart from me. Yeah, I will rejoice over them to do good. And I will plant them in this land assuredly with my whole heart and with my whole soul. For thus saith the Lord, like as I have brought all this great evil upon this people, listen to this, so will I bring upon them all the good that I've promised them. There may be a lot of evil that's going on right now, but let me tell you something, church, you better hold on. Because he's not only the God of the good days, he's the God of the bad days. He's not only the God of the valleys, but he's the God of the mountaintops. And let me tell you, there's been some bad days that some of us has faced. How many of you can say amen? Raise your hand if you've faced some hard days lately. Confusion days. Some tough days, some dark days. Some days maybe you've not understood. Listen to what he said. I'm going to read it again. For thus saith the Lord, like as I have brought all this great evil upon this people, so will I bring upon them all the good that I have promised them. Listen. And fields shall be bought in this land 
Whereof you say it is desolate without man or beast, it is given unto the land of the Chaldeans. I'm going to turn to chapter 33 and read. The promises of God are yes and amen. But where God promises, he also prospers. And I'm telling you, church, we're coming out the other side of this season greater than when we came in. I said we're coming out greater than the way we came in. If the Lord will allow me Sunday morning, I'm going to preach a message. We have a saying in the world that's called, it's usually feast of famine. Anybody ever heard that before? Well, I'll tell you, there's a story in the Word of God that went from famine to feast. And in the kingdom of God, you may start in a famine, but I promise you're going to come out with a feast. Where God promises, He also prospers. Jeremiah chapter 32, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time. Check this out. While he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, God's still speaking in prison. Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. How many of you is ready to call out to the Lord tonight and just see great and mighty things, things that you don't even know about? The Lord said, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you these things, but I want you to call out to me. I want you to call out to me. For thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the houses of this city, concerning the houses of the kings of Judah, which are thrown down by the mounts and by the sword, they come to fight with the Chaldeans. But it is to fill them with dead bodies of men whom I am slain in mine anger and in my fury. And for all the wickedness I have hid my face from the city. Behold, listen, I will bring it health and cure, and I will cure them and reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. What was a mess? God said, now I'm fixing to bring peace and truth and cure and health to it. What's been a mess over the past few months? God is fixing to redeem. God is fixing to make all things new. I'm ready. And I will cause the captivity of Judah and the captivity of Israel to return and build them as at first. God is the God that makes all things new again. Listen to me. You may be in a mess right now, but God's not done. So listen to me. Don't you be done with God. God's the author of our book. God's the author of our lives. Let God write another chapter. Let God write one more page. It may be hard. You may want to take the pen out of his hand. But say, God, I want you to rewrite it. I want you to write another chapter. He said, and I will cleanse them from all their iniquity, whereby they have sinned against me. And I will pardon all their iniquities, whereby they have sinned, and whereby they have transgressed against me. Listen, and it shall be to me a name of joy, a praise, and an honor before all nations of the earth. The whole world is going to know when God moves which shall hear all the good that I do unto them, and they shall fear and tremble for all the goodness and for all the prosperity that I procure unto it. Where God promises, He will prosper. I promise you, God will prosper. 
It's God's responsibility to provide. It's God's promise. It's not ours. But the promise is to us. But God will prosper what He promises to. Tonight, if you're here and there's been promises that God has gave you in your life, but you feel that, man, things are going the opposite direction. I want you to stand up and come and say, God, renew your promise tonight. God's word said that he would cleanse, said he would heal, said he would make all things new. And it shall be a name of joy, a praise, and an honor before all the nations of the earth. God told Jeremiah to purchase a field. It didn't make sense. But God said, I need a man that will obey me so that I can prosper this place. God needs a man or a woman that will obey. I know we faced crazy times lately, but I'm telling you, God's not done. God is not done. God's going to renew and restore so many things. Child of God, don't grow weary. Don't grow faint. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel now. I'm talking to myself. I believe that God is just declaring promises over some of your lives. Michael and Carrie, I just believe in the name of Jesus. Your marriage is going to be greater than it ever has before. I believe that in the name of Jesus. We trust that. We believe that. He told me yesterday, you know, this time I didn't have to go to jail or prison for it to wake me up. I thank God there was a place here, John Wayne. Thank you. He said, it's the first time I've not had to go to jail or prison for God to just really get my attention. I believe, God, Brother Michael, that this was God. You just hold on. Just as the prophet said in Jeremiah, it'll be a joy, it'll be a praise to all the nations. What the enemy meant for evil, God means for good. Jesus is the only God that I know that can take a mess and he can make good out of it. Are you willing to buy the field? Are you willing to take a step of faith? If you are, just raise your hand. I'm ready to buy the field. I'm ready to buy the field. When we take steps of faith and begin to buy the field, it's God's provision, not ours. God will do it. Brother Rafe's going to lead us in worship. If you feel you need to come and pray, I just invite you to come. I pray you were encouraged. And I just want to reiterate one more time that the lies of Satan and the position you may find yourself in right now does not determine or dictate the destiny that Jesus has set for your life. The word of the Lord is still coming. God is still speaking. 
And I'm thankful that Jeremiah's position, that he didn't allow what God had put in him since he was that little boy. God's word came to Jeremiah, said, you'll be a prophet to the nations. He didn't let prison stop that call from pouring out of him. Don't let the condition of your position right now keep the prophetic word of the voice of God out of your life right now. Speak for God. Greater now than ever before. In Jesus' name, God have your way.